Welcome to Talks with Tina. I'm your host, Tina Battaglia, bringing you truths, humor, and heart. I want you to know that you're not alone in this crazy thing we call life. From growing up in the South, becoming a foster kid, to hitting it big time and being adopted as a teenager, and then I trucked across the country to the Hollywood Hills, where I went from being on-air talent to marrying a hunky Hollywood actor and Emmy-winning producer. And then I had to reinvent myself, becoming a mom, and then becoming a nurse. I know exactly what it's like to try to make it in this world we call life. I get what it's like to keep on reinventing yourself and dealing with day-to-day crazy. I'm ready to experience the joys with you, persevere against some of life's battles beside you. So, be prepared during these episodes to laugh out loud, sometimes cry, and I'll always give you a non-filtered truth only a best friend can hand out. So, here comes your next episode of Talks with Tina. To trace or not to trace? That's the question for people who were adopted. And the answer is that many do decide to go out and seek their birth parents. And even when adoptees end up tangled in family situations that are not so perfect, most say they're glad that they decided to go ahead with the search for their genetic relative. They tend to tell you it helps them understand who they are and how they fit into this world. But searching is still a painful and complicated emotional process for most adopted people. Me being adopted, I can vouch for that. And the decision to search out a birth mother or other genetic relatives can impact heavily on others as well. Social networking in this time allows us to trace those individuals much quicker and easier than it was in the past. But I need to tell you, before you jump in, there are lots of issues that need consideration. Hi everyone, it's me, Tina, and today's guest is Sean. He is someone that is getting ready to venture out to seek a loved one. So hi, Sean, welcome to our episode today. Thank you so much for sharing this very private and now going to be public matter for you and your family. And I wanted just to introduce you to all my listeners and my peeps out there in podcast land. Can you say hello? Yeah. Hi, Tina. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Sean, first time I ever spoke to you was in May last year when I had just discovered my biological father who had recently passed. And we had some brief discussions. Before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you live and your life? Sure. I currently live in Sammamish, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle. I moved out here about nine or 10 years ago for my career. Um, I had worked for Microsoft as an engineer and and currently work with Amazon as a software development manager. I have uh, three children, two girls, one boy. I also have a wife. You know, we've been living out here, really enjoying everything that the Pacific Northwest has to offer. We've developed a lot of great relationships and friends and so forth within our community and our neighborhoods. 
prior to that, um, I was born and raised in North Tonawanda, New York, which is a suburb of Buffalo, New York. There, I grew up, went to high school, college, at the University at Buffalo. I was adopted at birth. So if those of you don't don't know what that means is I was born and there was really no time delay in between after I was born to the day that I was um, adopted by my, by my parents. My mother's name was Francis and my father's name was Kevin. As I mentioned, I grew up in North Tonawanda. Later on, I had a sister. So my sister's name is Rihanna. She also <laughs> still, she still lives in, in North Tonawanda. So let me clarify, you did not have to go through any kind of foster care system, anything like that. You were in the hospital and adopted and went home with your parents that you live with all of your life. And, you know, obviously you went on to marry yourself. And where are they today? Unfortunately, both of my parents have passed. I lost my father while I was in high school. During my junior year of high school, he had he had passed away. And uh, my mother ha- had also passed away uh, two years ago. Two years ago. So it's been my understanding you loved your parents dearly. They they were the best thing ever, right? Yeah, they were my parents. Yes. Right? So your mother passes. And when did you begin this journey to seek biological parents? I actually started that prior to her passing. This is something that uh, basically my mother, since I could actually comprehend what being adopted meant, when she felt I could understand that concept she taught that to me and she told me that I was adopted. So I feel very fortunate that she addressed that early on and when I could understand that, because I've always known that I was adopted. And I always told her that maybe one day I may want to seek out my biological parents. And she completely encouraged me. She was completely fine with me me doing that. But I didn't really decide to really go after it until about four or five years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Which, and I love that about your mother and father, that they were so open to not keeping it a quote secret. And, and I'm not saying it's wrong because there's people that want to adopt. And I, and I think it's back in the seventies and eighties, sixties, seventies and eighties, people, you know, kind of kept it a secret, right? They wanted to just, you were adopted and you were theirs, but I think the world has changed and people are more accepting and and it's acceptable to adopt and say you were adopted and we chose you. And that's such a beautiful thing that you had that openness and it it didn't have to be plagued with a secret, right? Yeah, no, it feels great because, you know, I don't feel like I was going behind her back trying to figure this out. I didn't feel, I feel like she was encouraging me to go do it if I had an interest to go do it. And And I don't feel that guilt I know a few people had mentioned to me, well, don't you feel guilty searching for them? And, and really, I don't because my, what I had between my mother and I will never change. And, and she knew that. We are basically on the same page with that. And so because of that reason, the way I feel about it is I'm okay with moving forward. And I know she would, she would be okay with me doing this. I love that openness. Um, so, okay. So now you've been spending four to five years searching. What has that entailed? That is interesting. It, it, it is not, not easy getting started. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. And so my initially, I actually hired a company based out of Florida, which is which this is what they do. I mean, I worked with them, providing them with as much information that I could early on. And within the first year, we really didn't get too far. They had given me some suggestions as to how we could 
potentially we have a breakthrough. And, and one of those ways was to do a DNA test through Ancestry.com, where it's possible that we can get some um, relationships with other people. And once we start getting some names, then we could potentially contact them and kind of get the ball rolling and seeing if others would be able to help me find who my biological parents are. Now, being born in New York State, at the time when I was born, and, and ironically, it was, I think the law was put into place the year I was born, New York State sealed all the adoption records, meaning I could not ask the state for the records to find out who my parents were. And so I never had any knowledge of who they were. And so because of that, I mean, and, and knowing that, that's why I think even the company I was working with that said that, you know, this is going to be kind of a long journey, potentially. She, they said they would never give up trying to help me, but just to set some expectations with me, it could take a long time just because we don't have really any information at that point right. other than where I was born and the potential age of my biological mother. And on the father's side, I knew absolutely nothing. So made a difficult, a difficult starting point. And that was four years ago, you're saying? Yeah, approximately four years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where are you today? Let our um, let the people out there listening know. Where are you today with the search? Well, I've come a long way. And, and I guess I'll start with <clears throat> the order in which I was able to find, I guess I, I have found both my biological parents. The one does not know, the other does. I will start with the father's side. On my father's side, I kind of got a breakthrough last year. Right. And I end up having an aunt take a biological, uh, got her DNA with an ancestry. And, and from that, I was able to conclude that she was my aunt. From there, with the help of another individual, her name was Jen, who's been helping me through the process, we started to send out messages to many people that we had found based on links. And, and the way the process that we took was we, once we found out who she was, we started, you know, the, the looks online like Facebook saying, who, who, does she, who does she know? And from there, you know, you get to finding obituaries, which then help you give, you know, kind of a family tree because the people's names are all there. And you start to kind of form a tree. And once we kind of find the form that tree, we start making some logical choices based on scenarios because um, families are never perfect. They can get be kind of complicated. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense when you're looking at it. And it takes some really some time and some thought as to taking the highest probability of potentially who's related to who. Right. And, and in that, once we felt confident we were pretty close, that's when we started sending out messages. And in fact, Jen, who was helping me, felt that maybe having her send the messages may be better than myself, just because while well, I'm a 40-year-old male and she's a woman and maybe it's possible that people would respond better to that. And so we took that approach. And ironically, that is, that is how I met you. Here's the crazy. I had just discovered my biological father on May 18th. And the very next day, I get a Facebook messaging from Jen, your friend. And it stated, I think, that Sean might be related to you through marriage. And I was like, what is this about? Wait a second. I'm dealing with my own discoveries. Somebody's reaching out to me. And when I tell you guys, I had just discovered 
a man that was no longer living. He had just died two months prior. I mean, I was broken. I, all the search, you know, all the searching, I, I was going through my own, but yet I mustered the energy because I knew how it felt. I knew how it felt. And I knew I had to take time from my own moment to reach out to you, Sean. And, and it compelled me and it, you know, we, we come to discover that you might be the son to my husband's side of the family. And it would be a first cousin's child. My husband has, his father had one sister. So his sister, my, my father-in-law's sister would be your grandmother, correct? Yeah, that's right. And I had to connect you. And as we know, it is very sensitive on that side of the family, and they have not gone much further with it and add a deference to them and privacy. We, you know, we're, we're probably kind of like not say much about that just because they're trying to figure things out. And this is the complication of looking for family, correct? Yes, it really is. Because you don't want anything. And I've spoken to Sean. And just like myself, we don't want anything. We just want to get to know them. We're asking them nothing. We're full grown adults. We don't need child support. We just, we're just reaching out. And even the people that do need something, most children that become adults, they just want to know. It's the not knowing. But in that, there comes the confusion for the others, right? Sometimes it's all new because half the family didn't know anything about it. So it's been just a place that we have to walk on maybe a little eggshells right now and, and give people time, correct? Yeah, and I think that's been the kind of the strategy. I can understand where they're coming from. I was born, raised with a whole different family, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you learn that potentially you have a son. And for the you know, grandparents, they have a grandson, right? And they never knew this. I believe that it wasn't it was not known by my biological father that I was born. And so he really didn't have any insight into that. And so right. I could completely understand this being something that maybe he he doesn't even believe. Right. They've just kind of slowed the process on that side. So we flipped to mother's side. And the mother's side, you had no indication until just recently in January, mid-January, I think it was around the 15th, New York released the information, correct? Yeah, they, they changed the laws and they allowed those that were adopted to request the information. And so um, that was kind of a big breakthrough on that side because on the mother's side, I was really struggling to find who she was, you know, and after getting her name, I, I actually was semi-close, but even when you're semi-close, you're still so far away. Exactly. I, you know, it, because, you know, it's just a couple of, I was maybe two or three names away from potentially finding them, but sometimes you just can't find them. And so this was a very big breakthrough, obviously, with the, with the law change. And so because of that, I did go ahead and, and request that information. Um, I do have that today. I know who she is. I know somewhat of the whereabouts of and, you know, and how far does so how far does she live from you because she still lives in the town and how far away does she live from you 
Yeah. So when I was growing up, she lived in the same town as me. And come to oh. find out, her mo- her mother, which would be my grandmother, lived just a couple of streets over from me where what? I grew up. All Unreal. My life. Unreal. You could have been riding a bicycle past your grandmother. It just it gives me chills to be so close and to have not known. And so the reason why I asked you to be on is you have bought a plane ticket. And you and I have discussed how you're going to go about it. And I remember us having a conversation about, you know, should you call her? Should you, you know, you know, have someone else call her? Should you, you, you've discovered that you have a half sister. Should you get in touch, touch with her? Because you found out your half sister is friends with some of your friends. And it's so like, it's so intertwined. And I remember us talking and you even thought, I remember you saying something about maybe I should, you know, even send her, you know, at some point, send her, show her baby pictures. Do you remember this conversation we had? Uh, yeah. I and totally I was do. like, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if you should do that. I think the pictures, if you ever bring them to her to show her, the first initial picture should be you being successful. And when I say successful, I mean full of contentment and joy with your own family that you have established, that she doesn't feel ashamed. She doesn't fear, fear, feel fearful. She doesn't feel regret. And she, in the maybe if that memory of her when she had you or the, the circumstances of her being pregnant were not good, because we don't know. We don't know. She was a young girl we don't bring all that back to her. What we bring to her is, hey, look at me and my good life. And I thought that would help the initial. Then as you maybe form a relationship with her, you can show her, right? And what did you, what did you and your wife think about that? I know you were going to discuss things with her about that. Yeah, you know, we had, I had lots of conversations with, with people that I trust that were close to me in regards to this. Understanding that, I don't know how she's going to feel. I don't know if it was a bad situation. I don't know if it was, you know, a great situation. I, I just don't know. And, and I don't know how she's going to respond. Right. You know, would the baby pictures make her feel sad? And now we don't have, no, she doesn't want to have the opportunity. And we don't, now I lost this opportunity to, to develop something with her. And so I think to your point, I think kind of showing the future of, you know, the decision she made, which was to have me worked out. And I have a, a family now. I have three children, a beautiful wife, great career. And so because of that, she might be able to go into that thinking I made the right decision um, right. and feel and feel good about her decision. And if we can get her starting to think that way, then maybe just maybe we'll be able to develop something, you know, further. So here's what's happening. You are going, so I'm actually doing the before the meeting And then I hope to bring you back on to follow your story and see what the outcome. And you have been so gracious to allow me to put this personal adventure of your life onto my podcast. But I just felt it was so important that people could see the different journeys. And, you know, my journey has turned out well. Um, as I've said in a previous podcast, I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get to meet him, but I got so many other beautiful gifts, uh, a sister, an aunt, uh, cousins that have received me. And so now we're going to go on this journey with you and 
I, my prayer for you is that whatever happened in her past, that she will take you in and, and you will get that same reception. So I know, you know, you and I both, I think, want the same thing for you, right? Um, what has been your emotional, um, how have you prepared for this emotionally? Because I believe you're planning to get on a plane this coming week. I am. Okay. And um, what, what is kind of your thought process? How are you emotionally preparing for this? Well, I've had a lot of time to think about it. So it's been a search for five years. And the question is, you know, what do I want to talk to her about? what are the different scenarios that could be laid out in it? So because I've had so much time to think about it, I, I kind of feel like I'm pretty well grounded. I mean, I kind of understand that it could go excellent. I understand that it could go very poorly. And, and I think because of the amount of time that I have had to think about it, that I'm going to be okay regardless of, of the outcome. However, I certainly have some hope that the outcome is going to be that I could maybe start a relationship to what extent, I'm not sure. I would like to at least have an opportunity at a bare minimum just to thank her for the decision yeah. she made, right? Like that's that to me is, it's important to me that I get to tell her that because without that decision that she had made to to have me versus aborting me, I wouldn't have the life that I have. I wouldn't have, the, my children wouldn't be here today. You're making me cry. So <laughs> You're making me cry. <laughs> oh. Anyway, keep, please keep going. Mm. Like I said, I think I think I'm going to be fine regardless what happens. I'm just trying to be smart about how I go about it because I don't want to I don't want to hurt her, and I also want to be kind of smart about how giving us the best chance of potentially developing some type of relationship. I would like to get to know about her, about her life, about her family. I know she does have a daughter, which would make me a half brother to her, and mm -hmm. I know that there is the potential of another half-brother. I haven't confirmed that one um, like I did with the sister, but there's a possibility I also have a half-brother out there as well. Getting the opportunity to, to understand that is important to me. I would like to have that information. And, you know, I find that, you know, the world is pretty small and, you know, her daughter and her son both know people that I've grown up with. Um, so it's a it's a small world, and I guess my hope is that maybe I have some opportunities to at least have discussions with each, with each of them, and then see where it takes us. So you leave this week, and I will be, you know, dying to hear what happens. I am I have been able to stay in contact with you, and have just grown to care for you, and can't wait to personally meet you and your family um, in person one day. You know, I've always noticed this when we've talked on the phone and, you know, you know, I'm an emotional person, I'm a passionate person. And I always notice, and I keep, always get off the phone, I think he's, he's so strong and you, you always hold it together. But, and there's been a couple moments where you get quiet on me and, because I feel like I can relate to you, I know that you and I can head say, I'm, I'm ready, I'm prepared, I know it can go either way, but then there comes that moment. And, you know, when you're sitting there kind of going through all the different scenarios, I, 
what makes you sad? What makes you sad in this whole process? Well, I guess the thought of, you know, if there is absolutely no emotion from her side, um, where she kind of, and, and maybe she needed to do this, but kind of separated away from me. Um, obviously she, she had me young, um, never had an opportunity to raise me. And so maybe she had attempted to you know, take me and get her, you know, completely get her out of my life. Right. Like right. just not think about me anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, if I come back into her life, I'm hoping it's not a negative thing. And I think if she doesn't give me an opportunity to really have an opportunity to speak with her in regards to who I am in my life, I think I'd be a little saddened by that because I feel um, based on who I am, I think we would have a shot at maybe developing something. Right. All right. Um, as you mentioned, I don't really want anything out of this. And when I say that, that means like, you know, from a financial standpoint, um, you know, I don't need, I don't need help. Um, I'm an adult. I have a, I have a good career, et cetera. I'm just really trying to piece together the missing part of my life, which was who are, who are my parents, right. you know, my biological parents. And, um, you know, I don't know the circumstances and certainly I, I feel like I can forgive whatever happened. And, and, and I'm hoping to at least have the, an opportunity to at least spend at least a half an hour with them at a minimum, just to get to know them a little bit and then get to know me a little bit. Um, and if I can't have that, I think that's what would be sad to me. That would be sad. Well, I am wishing you the best of luck and, and God to be with you um, on this journey and that you are just, when you, if you, if she does open that door and takes you in to meet you, I hope that, you know, as I always say, be slow to speak and quick to listen, listen to her heart, listen to her, whatever she has to say. I, we don't know what she's going to do. We don't know if she's going to be like, I can't talk to you, stay away, leave town. Why did you do this? I, I don't want this. I gave you up when I was a teenager and we, or she may say, oh my God, I've always wondered what happened to you. And I think everyone out there listening is prop is going to be pulling for you. And Sean, I, I just wish you just all of God's love on this journey. Cause I know it has been a long, long process for you. And I know the hiccup in the road with the biological father has been disheartening and, but Hey, you got me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big and win. That's, that's for a sure. big win, right? That's right. <laughs> um, and um, you're going to get on a plane. Oh my God the coronavirus make sure you bring all your wet ones and I'm, I'm thinking like a nurse right now um and I, I just wanted to put a little funny in there maybe it wasn't so funny but I wanted to put it in there but anyway I just I just want to tell you that I'm going to be with you all week thinking about it and I look forward to hearing from you and we will have you back on and I hope we can tell a beautiful tale. But if not, I hope you have the courage to come back on and 
let us know what happens no matter how it turns out. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I, I'll i plan on coming back on regardless. Um, and, we'll, and I'll let everybody know how it all worked out. All right. Thank you, Sean. So I leave you with this. Birth information and contact with birth family does not replace one's relationship to adoptive parents, but rather leads to a more cohesive identity for some adult adoptee. So just because a child wants to go find, or an adult adoptee wants to go find their biological parents, doesn't mean their adoptive parents are not number one in their lives. Birth parents have the same protections under the law as anyone else. They have the right of privacy and boundaries, as does everyone. But privacy does not equal secrecy. I'll say that again. Privacy does not equal secrecy. Privacy is about healthy boundaries. Secrecy prevents people from having information about themselves. And with that, I leave you with another episode of Talks with Tina. Thank you for joining us this week where we sit down to discuss things that really matter. Don't forget to leave me a review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you go to listen to podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at Talks with Tina B, or you can email me regarding this topic or any topic at sharewithtina at gmail.com. So until next week, I'm Tina Battaglia. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.